Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm CJ. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Tom was going to go first. I I said I'm Tom. What more do you want from me? Yeah, we didn't hear (laughs) it. Oh, okay. And I'm Tom. Uh, first of all, welcome to November, y'all. We are officially in the most wonderful time of the year. I'm going to go ahead and, and hijack before we get into Halloween and tell you all the awesome tradition my wife started that made my heart happy with glee. Aside from the fact that all of our Halloween decorations are down already and Christmas has started going up. Jealous. Last night, after we're after we did all of our Halloween festivities in our house... Christine gave Ellie some new Hannah Anderson Christmas pajamas. And she said, okay, Ellie, we're now out of Halloween season and starting the holiday season. And Ellie got really excited and put on her Christmas pajamas. Oh, I love that. Yep. I mean, that's right up there with Anthony using Halloween night to decorate for Christmas. I mean, I, I decorated for Christmas with Hocus Pocus on TV with takeout <laughs> Chinese food. It was like the best night ever. There's something magical about having it all up to light at midnight. Yeah. I started doing that a few years ago and it was awesome. But before we get into how all our Halloweens were, this is CJ's first time on the main show. Welcome. Well, thanks CJ. for having me. It's been a long time dream of mine to be appreciated and brought here. So <laughs> thank you. We are able to do half of that. We have brought you here. Yeah. Well, we'll see if you appreciate me after, but no, well, I'm I'm happy you're here because uh, I was a I I was one of the people who got you to start Ted Lasso to begin with, and you and I have gone on this Ted Lasso journey together. Um, so I'm happy you're here for the conversation. Yeah, and I appreciate you for recommending it because I really do enjoy it. I haven't gotten out of what I've gotten out of this show from a show in a long time. It's oh. um it's great acting. It's great writing. It's it's full of heart and. Uh, We'll get into it, but I really, really love this show. Well, CJ's history is done out of order, but we'll get to that. <laughs> You're welcome. C- CJ, as it's your first time on the show, though, we do have a few questions that sure. our listeners will want to hear the answers to. Number one, what what is your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Christmas Story, Tom. Um, I think it's just because uh, my stepdad introduced me to it at like a young age, and it's what I grew up watching, and it just... I don't know. Reminds me of him. Reminds me of family. Reminds me. I don't know. It's just one of those movies that makes you feel comfort. You know how you can throw on an office episode at night, and if you're anxious, it'll kind of calm you down and help you sleep. Like that's Christmas mm-hmm. story for me. I don't agree mm-hmm. with all the, you know, touches of racism and that other things, but um, I think it, I think it was good for its time. I mean, if it were to be redone, yeah, it could be touched up, but take it for what it is. That's that's why I like it. I mean, I did love in the musical we covered, as bad as that was, when the <laughs> Chinese restaurant employees were singing at the end, they had beautiful voices. Yeah, they were very, <laughs> very easy to understand. Second question, Christmas and Hollis, yay or nay? Super yay. Yes. Super yay. I love that song. And the yay. best part is, we'll uh, put, like, we normally have our playlist on when we do the tree and stuff, but when that comes on, I'll just start dancing and rapping, and my girls are mortified, so it just makes it even better. <laughs> that, is that may have been the best case I've heard yet made for Christmas and Hollis. Oh, they, when they hear it come on, they'll like, run around the corner and be like, Dad, please don't do it. And I'm like, I gots to. <laughs> uh, third question, Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween or Christmas movie? Oh, my God. I switch back and forth. Um 
What did I say when we did the Patreon? I don't remember. I think it's a Christmas movie. Is there any part of y'all that is embarrassed to like that movie? No. Is there no. a part of you that feels embarrassed for saying what you just said? <laughs> no. It's like, it's just got this idea. You know, all the people who buy all this crap and put the stickers on their car and go to Hot Topic to get all of their Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. I don't want to be lumped in with those people. Well, you don't have to be because if you liked it, if you liked it before that boom in popularity with uh, that store, it's different. But yeah, it's a little overdone now, but I appreciate it for what it is. The music in it is really, I mean, that's still my favorite part. Oh, yeah. We decided really we're going to watch it next year for the first time with Ellie, and I'm looking forward to it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, The Nightmare Before Christmas is single-handedly keeping Hot Topic alive. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there in a while. I remember they were releasing some wrestling shirts there, and I, I would go in and look or buy a random, like, office shirt for the girls but yeah i haven't yeah maybe maybe it is maybe it is heavy in the nightmare before christmas uh and last question which i will rephrase since everyone hates that question why is julia your favorite elf oh don't rephrase it because she is the podcast network uh how would we say she's that motherly figure but not she's super cool she's not old but she's like i've always said this like if she was my mom i wouldn't have as many issues as i have an adult now as an adult now so that's why I love Julia the most. And she's calming. She's relaxing. You hear her. She's funny. She's She's got, like, jokes. But, like, it's not, like, over the top. You know what I mean? She's good at not trying hard, and she's great. That's that's pretty much where I'm at. And I'm saying this to her face. You're awesome, Julia. I love you the best. I would have... You were always my choice anyway. Am I going to like Anthony or Tom? Like, look at Tom. He looks angry. <laughs> Anthony's oh acts angry. And then you're just always the one in the middle that's like, come on, guys. Let's, let's put a bright face on. That's what I like. Is that a good enough I, answer? And you're not old, so that's a and you're not old. I just I mean you're like the multiple iterations of you're not yeah. old really help drive home the fact that I am not in fact old. No, we'll say this: like as a female figure, you are almost everything. And I don't say I'm, I'm not saying that as a slight. I'm just saying I wouldn't say everybody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, but yeah, you're close to perfect as somebody Aww. that. Uh, you look up to as a female figure and you have like she's four kids. married yeah. oh my yeah. God. <laughs> so am i what the heck no but i'm just saying and she has four kids like she's freaking super mom man I'm like come on she's awesome <laughs> she was she is yeah and that's she, was. A good seg- <laughs> she was and then i lose audio <laughs> plot turn she's going crazy <laughs> and that's actually a good segue julia how was your halloween with your multitude of kids uh, it was good Let's see. Um, we retrace the history of Jude's Halloween costumes. And his first Halloween, he was Mickey Mouse. His second Halloween, he was the alphabet. His third Halloween, he was the alphabet again. And this year, he was Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got a uh, we got a trend going. Um, Hannah just pulled out last year's Halloween costume to walk around with Jude because it's warm. So she was Perry the platypus. And Gabe was that inflatable alien carrying a man, which makes us laugh every time we watch him walk in it. So did he good. do the thing where it looked like he was being kidnapped? Did he run oh, absolutely. around crazy? He did it with Marty. Yeah. I should post that picture as well. Quite funny. Good stuff. It was good though. We um we are typically the full size candy bar house because I like being that house. Ooh. Um and this year Gabe really did the decorations up. So our front yard looks like it does pretty much exclusively because Gabe, he bought a bunch of the stuff and he planned it and we just helped implement it. And uh, I was like, I don't think we can be the full candy bar house this year because number one, I've got to send two kids to Ireland next year for a band trip. And I just don't think (laughs) we have enough bank to provide full size candy bars to everybody because we tend to run out of candy within an hour because people park at like our local elementary school and walk to our neighborhood. So we get a ton of trick-or-treaters. So we decided on good candy, not great candy. And we actually lasted a solid three and a half hours of trick-or-treating with candy. That's a first for us. So it was great. It was really good. How about y'all's? Mine was great. Ellie was lucky from Spirit Writing Free. As she, it's not just Lucky from Spirit, Spirit from Riding Free. And Christine hand painted Lucky's flame boots for Ellie this year, and they were beautiful. Uh, and we set up and had a magical Halloween at home. It was awesome. We 
dimmed all the lights. It was had all the spooky vibes. We did scavenger hunt with Ellie, let her find her candy and her presents, and it was good. And then it all went away, and now it's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the best part. You <laughs> <laughs> like that CJ? Was how are you? Uh, it was pretty fun. Um, we obviously took the girls out. Um, we we agreed to take two of their friends with us, and we thought it would be all fun until they all get together, and it's just a entire cluster f because. <laughs> How do I say it nicely? Um, those other two kids made me appreciate how well-behaved my kids are. Or I didn't even think they were that well-behaved, but my goodness, man. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the lingo with how kids talk and how they were talking. But what the, they went with one boy, Nelson, and a girl, Sonia. And Sonia was, I think she's in a phase where it's like, yo, that's sus. And sus is from <laughs> something called, I don't even know what game it is. I don't know. They just kept saying sussy and bro and bruh and hey. And then my girls were like starting to kind of talk like that. So after we were finished, I'm like, I just want you to know that if I ever catch you talking like that (laughs) at school, I'm going to be super pissed because like, I don't know. It was just because they were kind of adopting or adapting to that. I guess that's how they are when they go to school. I don't know. But Nelson went to one door and he's just like knocking on like and I'm mortified. I'm like looking at my wife. I'm like, my God. So Nelson came back. I'm like, Nelson, tip, tip, tip. That's the knock you do. He's like, okay. He goes to the next door. Bang, bang, bang. I'm like, Nelson, just ring this freaking doorbell, man. But no, I I love Nelson. He's a good kid. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for him because my girls always say his homework's never done. And like, he always seems to be up late and trying to like, you know, send them invites on Fortnite and things like that. And I'm just like, I don't know. It was the first time I was meeting his parents and I was just like, okay, I, I was going to go up to meet them. And she just said, wave by and said, had fun from the door. I'm like, okay, if it was my kids, I would want to like introduce myself, see them and make sure they're not crazy. So right to the adult that will be with them all night. Yeah. Yeah. I got a soft spot for him. So whenever he wants to come over, he can come over, but Anyway, that ended and I ended up having to go to a grocery store right after and I'll send you guys a picture after it is already decked out in Christmas stuff. Trees are up all like it was a grocery store, but in the front they sell like locally made things and people set up little things there. It was awesome. So as soon as I was finished, I got in the Christmas fields. Oh, and during the day we watched some uh, some horror movies some Walking Dead and yeah, my girls were in that phase. So. They got a lot awesome. of chocolate. They got a lot of treats. Obviously, daddy tax. You got to teach them about the real world. So what they that's get, right. I get 13% <laughs> of. And uh, yeah, that's how it went. It was, it was fun. I like Halloween. It's always a good time. I love getting out. And there was actually one guy. I walked by him and he laughed like Seth Rogen. And I could hear him for like the next five minutes down the street laughing with other people. He's like, ha, 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 ha. You know how that <laughs> laugh is? Like, but it sounded just like, I'm like, is he Seth Rogen for Halloween or is that how he laughs? <laughs> <laughs> I could hear him like, ve- like very distant as I got down the the street, and it was like, uh, 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 and I'm oh like, do you hear that? And my wife's like, yeah, I do. Shut up. <laughs> so I'll stop now. That that was my Halloween. Uh, my Halloween was very low key. We took Larry to a doggy costume party in the park, which was nice. They all dressed up. Uh, we bought a bunch of treats for the dogs. All the all the dog parents had wine and snacks and pizza. That was fun. Larry wiped himself out. Then we ordered Chinese takeout and decorated for Christmas while watching Hocus Pocus, which was amazing. So at midnight, I was able to light up the house. And if you follow me on social media, you'll see it all. Uh, I should probably post on the Tista podcast Instagram as well. You should. Yeah, it was fun. And Disney, uh, you know, decided to drop a little teaser Hocus Pocus 2 yesterday, which was cool. They had their little... uh, Video of zooming in on the black flame candle while come little children's playing underneath it. And uh, they said fall 2022. And then they released like a bunch of the new cast and like plot details. And according to the, according to Disney, the new Hocus Pocus will pick up 29 years after a teenager named Max lit the black flame candle and resurrected the three 17th century witches. Winifred, Sarah, and Mary are now looking for revenge when they find themselves back in Salem in the present day, unaware of how much the world has changed since the last time they were resurrected. It's up to three high school girls who incite the wrath of the Enchantresses to stop them. So pretty is much it, the original, just with all girls. But, has uh, it been 29 years since it came out? 
Yeah. If I was them, I would have waited that one extra Yikes. year and just did 30 years. But. Right. Nice and even. But they said they announced that Doug Jones is coming back as Billy, which is cool. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And they also announced a whole bunch of new cast members, including Hannah Waddingham, who we are going to talk tonight because she stars in Ted Lasso. So there's a lead, y'all. Tonight we are covering <laughs> Ted Lasso, season two, episode four, Carol of the Bells. those of you who don't know, Ted Lasso is an American sports comedy drama developed by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brendan Hunt, and Joe Kelly. Based on a character of the same name, the Sudeikis first portrayed in a series of promos for NBC sports coverage of the Premier League. The series follows Ted Lasso, an American college football coach who is hired to coach an English soccer team in an attempt by its owner to spite her ex-husband. Lasso tries to win over the skeptical English market with his folksy, optimistic demeanor while dealing with his inexperience in the sport. Histories with Ted Lasso. CJ, you already technically gave us yours. Tom, what's yours? I watch them all. I like this. <laughs> Christine and I watch it after Ellie goes to bed. It's good. Are you smiling because I said you look angry? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't stopped. I mean, yeah, I noticed. Game. Should I was figure like, out why you looked like doing? a Howdy Doody doll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that now that somebody's acknowledged it, I can stop. That is really hurting my mouth. <laughs> you look like that Criminal Minds episode where the dude would just freeze people and they'd sit oh, there with a smile on dude. their face at the dinner table. You I know what I'm exactly talking about. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, Sorry. I was going to make a Batman reference and say you looked like when the Joker gassed people when they had the perma smile in the Batman. Oh, God, yeah. That's true, too. Uh, Julia, what's your history? Um, I I have been aware of Ted Lasso. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be. Um, I like all those award shows, and Sudeikis has won for this. I like Sudeikis. Um, so I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Uh, even though people have nothing but good to say about the show. So I've only seen this Christmas episode, and that was today. To Boots, I've only seen it once, which is a tragedy. And uh, I will be remedying the fact that this is the only episode I've seen post-haste. This makes fan. me very happy to hear. I, want, I think we'll have to have a mini a mini review of this episode after Julia has the full context and back history. For sure. I think so too. Do you guys have the issue? Like my friends, like I'll, I'll say you need to watch Ted Lasso. Like, well, what's it about? I'm like, it's about a football, a coach from the States that gets hired as a soccer coach and like no pass. I'm like, no, it's not how you think it goes. It's way different. Cause it was way different than I thought it would be too. Mm -hmm. So that that's how I always push it. I'm like, trust me, you're going to hear what it's about, but it's, it's nothing like what you're thinking. It's way different. I do. I have the same problem with this that I have with Mythic Quest. I tell people about it and it doesn't sound interesting. Do, CJ, do your friends, are they not interested because the sports ball aspect? Or No, it's more, it's a Canadian thing. Like, I, I find that, like, depending on who you talk to, football is so hard to get past some people because it's such like a hockey-driven country and we have the CFL, which isn't that interesting compared to the NFL. So when you say it's like a football coach going to coach soccer, unless you're like one of the European families from Canada, you're not really interested in soccer either. So I'm, I guarantee you if it was like a football coach that went to coach an NHL team, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But what I expected when he told me about it, I'm like, oh, there's going to be some like redneck coach that's going to come. It's going to be funny and he's going to be hard nosed with these people and like, you know, just more like getting like rung up by the team more that I can't explain what I thought it would be, but it was just way. Di I didn't imagine it having so much heart because when yeah, I watch this show, I always find myself with like a ball in my throat after every episode, because it's just so emotionally draining at times, mm -hmm. whether it be how good the acting is or how good the story is or what's happening in it. I don't know. It just, it's, I don't know. It's almost emotionally manipulative, but in a good way, if that makes sense, maybe Tom, cause he, sense. you watch a lot of it too. Right. Anthony, do you see what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah. I 100% that's that's why I love about it how heartwarming it is. So yeah. I started watching this after I saw all the reviews for the Christmas episode saying it was one of the best Christmas episodes of any TV show in like years. I so I started at the beginning and binged it in like 2 days. Like it's such a great show. Yeah. And what I love about it CJ is it's so heartwarming. It's mm-hmm. just like a, it's almost like a warm comfort show. Like I don't really think there is. has been a comforting show like this in a long time it's just full of positivity like yes it can get dramatic at times but it's just so positive and i really like that and i think it's the best show on tv in like years so this and schitt's creek like the two of them they're like my shows of like the late 2000s or the 2020s i guess late 2010s early 2020s i think it's i think it's um a lot better than schitt's creek like i enjoy schitt's creek but i'm not on the hype train i I watch it but it's nothing i'll seek out you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you have you watched Mythic Quest? No, I haven't. <laughs> Tell him what it's about and see if he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's inside a video game company. Yeah, it's basically you're following the the creation of a video game, like a sequel follow up to a to a successful video game. So what, like the ins and outs and the conflict that arises when it comes to story and stuff like that, or yes. Okay, that's oh yeah, that's kind of up my alley, I guess. It's really, I mean, it's hilarious. It's one of the funniest shows out there. It's got uh, Rob, Rob McElhenney, you know, from uh, Always Sunny. So you know, that's it's a great gonna be show. funny. Yeah, might give it a watch. I'll watch a trailer later and see. I there's a, my friend wanted me to watch another show, so I got to get into them because it's just been so busy. I need to just relax. So let's run through the cast of this real quick before diving into the episode. So Jason Sudeikis stars as Ted Lasso, an American college football coach who led the Wichita State Shockers to Division II NCAA Championship. He's hired to coach ASC Richmond. A folksy American is seen as unsophisticated, but smarter than he looks. He loves to coach and cares more about people than wins. And I'll give in context on the characters since this is the only episode Julia saw. So I'm trying to provide some context for her. I appreciate that. So Jason Sudeikis, I mean, he's from SNL. He's been on 30 Rock. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, Portlandia, The Last Man on Earth. He starred in Horrible Bosses, Where the Millers, Downsizing, Booksmart, The Angry Birds movie, uh, etc. And he was married to Olivia Wilde for a while, which was lucky him. Lucky her, because he's a funny dude. So were they going through their divorce while this show was filming? Just like Art and Form Life and vice versa? They got divorced in 2020. So yeah, they must have been going through while they're shooting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because when you're watching those scenes, it's like he's pretty powerful. Like he looks like he plays it really, really well. So that's an interesting fact. Wow. What's your favorite Jason Sudeikis? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso. Yeah, I mean, give me what, like a week and I'll tell you. <laughs> Probably Ted Lasso. I don't think you're going to find any Ted Lasso fan who's going to give you a different answer. It's definitely not We're the Millers, so. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Uh, I mean, Jennifer Aniston has an amazing scene in that movie, but I'll just leave it at that. I do love uh, that Saturday Night Live <laughs> skit where he's in that red jumpsuit. What up with that? And he just dances in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in Ted Lasso, he, he gets to really show his chops. So I think this is ob- like I think this is 100 his best performance. So, oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I think it's Ted Lasso by a mile. Hannah Waddingham plays Rebecca Welton, the new owner of AFC Richmond, following her divorce settlement. She initially wants to ruin the team as it was the only thing her ex husband loved, but slowly comes around due to Ted's kindness and compassion. So she started off as major league, and she actually turned good. Oh yeah, you. You did not like her at the beginning, trust me. Oh, when you watch yeah. it, you'll see. She has a real like character arc and like she it's really good. Okay. I'm excited about this. So she was on Game of Thrones. She was Septa Unella in season five. She was in Les Mis back in twenty twelve. She was in Winter Ridge, like I just mentioned. She's gonna be in Hocus Pocus two. Uh, she's really well known for a lot of theater work. She was in Spam a lot in the West End, Into the Woods, Wizard of Oz. Uh, yeah, but I only really know her from this, and she's great in this. So, I just realized, like, what was it? Two weeks ago, I posted in Discord. I was like, I was today years old when I realized she was the shame lady. 
in Game of Thrones. I have right. No idea. Right. Yeah. I, but I remember watching that, like one of the episodes with her in it after I'm like, she looks familiar and then it clicked. So I was like, what? But I mean, I guess this is her coming out party. I mean, she's been, you said like in theater, like this for her, for me, like she's fantastic. I think she's great. And didn't she just win like multiple Emmys for it or something? She did win an Emmy for this. Yep. Yeah. Or I thought it was, well, maybe Ted Lasso itself won multiple. Cause I felt like they're on the stage the whole time, but she is yeah, fantastic. They just her emotion, like in different scenes and how she, oh man, she's great. I love great acting and this is what it has. Like she's great. Yep. Did y'all see Mitt Romney's Halloween costume? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was, he was like everybody was Ted Lasso this year. Yeah, there were so many Ted Lasso's. Lassos yeah. He was Ted yeah. Lasso with the Believe poster above him. And, yeah. uh, and Kirsten Cinema was Hannah Waddingham's character, Rebecca. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis retweeted Alex Blaze, who's one of the producers for Saturday Night Live, who said uh, the scariest thing he, Romney, could think of was kindness. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Babs dressed up as uh, Ted Lasso. He looked pretty good. Yep. So Jeremy Swift plays Leslie Higgins, a sycophantic director of football operations who is helping Welton ruin the team, but also becomes sympathetic to Ted's ways. So he was he was a dirtbag at the beginning of the show? No, not as much as her. He was very he was reluctant to do it. He covered for her husband's affairs, though. That's bad. Like, yeah. Well, you kind of see in this episode, he's a family man. And at, at heart, I think he is all about supporting his family. So sometimes you got to do some crappy things, I guess. But he begin well, he has an arc where he becomes a really good person and will only do the right thing as well. Yeah, he like really starts to like love Ted and what he's doing. And he's trying he's to steer not. her in the right direction. But yeah, he does everything reluctantly at, at some point. So this guy's been in movies such as Gosford Park, Amazing Grace, Mary Poppins Returns, Vanity Fair, Foyles Ward, Downton Abbey, The Durrells, National Treasure. And he just won an Emmy for Supporting Actor. Oh, no, nominated for an Emmy as Supporting Actor. He deserves it. He is so good in this. Yeah, Yeah, he is. Yeah. But then again, I mean, how would you pick a Supporting Actor? Like, how would you pick one to win? I don't know. Hmm. My favorite, well, one of my favorite supporting actors on this show, Brett Goldstein, is Rory Kent. Oi! <laughs> I, I can't say his favorite word on here, but God, I love when he says it. <laughs> I've, I've adopted his, his oi all the time when Ellie's doing something she shouldn't. I, I pull a Roy Kent. I do, I do the growl. <laughs> when the kids want something, I'm like... <laughs> so Rory is an irritable box-to-box midfielder and captain of AFC Richmond who won the Champions League with Chelsea eight years earlier. He becomes Keeley's boyfriend after a knee injury during a match against Manchester City. He retires and briefly serves as a pundit on Sky Sports before returning as assistant coach. If I didn't love him already, when he became a pundit, <laughs> he became one of my favorite characters from ele- any television show ever yeah. like just watching him co- as a commentator this is his biggest acting role but if you haven't seen his five minute recre- reenactment of a Muppets Christmas Carol which is his favorite Christmas movie we a oh, few wow. people posted it in the podcast group on to the podcast because we have a lot of Ted Buzzo fans but he's on stage doing a live five minute recreation of a Muppets Christmas Carol singing a bunch of the songs and stuff and oh. it's amazing oh, so we have to watch that I was just going to say when he became a pundit, um, it basically showed off his acting chops for me because he has one that one emotional scene where he's talking about, um, I don't want to be up here. Like you say things and I can't remember the exact dialogue, but I just remember it being like, oh my God, can everybody in this show just kill it with acting? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't find there's a weak spot in the whole cast, but it really showed his chops off when he got there and. I mean, he just gets better and better as the show goes on, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and even building up to that, because he's so confident, cocky, and arrogant, but his but he was nervous. Like, we saw a nervous, uncomfortable side of him that I didn't expect. Uh, I, I love how insecure he is in his relationship with Keely. Are you talking yeah. about me? Like, he just keeps showing up, whatever he thinks she's talking about. And the, it's, the answer's always yes, and he doesn't follow up. He's just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they he finally finds out what they were talking about, he's like, "What you're talking about that? I thought it was this. I thought it was that." <laughs> so good. Brendan Hunt plays Co- Coach Beard, Lasso's longtime assistant and friend, serving as a straight man to Ted's comedic tendencies. Beard's 
bluntly direct manner occasionally challenges a more passive Ted to take action. His his episode showed his depth too oh. when they did the whole beard episode. It was weird. <laughs> When he was Professor McGonagall at Oxford. <laughs> yeah, that was just great. Like, it was so out of left field. And the worst thing was, like, my wife came in one day and she's like, this is Ted Lasso. I'm like, this is, it was the first episode she's seen. I'm like, this is the, this is a great episode, but this is not what it's about. He is not the main, it's like, it's the worst episode to watch for the first time if you're watching Ted Lasso. 100%. But it's one of those episodes that, like, when you're invested, you're glad they take the time to just showcase him like that. Also, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's some of the best things. It helps build their character and it shows you another side of them. Like, I read online a lot of people didn't like that episode because they wanted more like of the regular stuff. But I thought it was fun, man. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. But after that, when you see Beard engaging with everybody else and you hear his perspective, it sounds different. It's from a yes. different place. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So Brendan Hunt, this is really his biggest thing. He's done other... He's Jason Sudeikis' friend, so he was also in Where the Millers and Horrible Bosses too. And he's voiced characters in video games like Fallout 4. But this is absolutely his biggest piece of work. So so he's uh, he's, Ro- he's uh, Rob Schneider to Adam Sandler, basically, for uh, Sudeikis. If you get that. Because isn't Rob <laughs> Schneider in all of like Adam Sandler's movies? Yes. Still, and Buscemi, yes. Steve Buscemi, too. It's kind of that kind of deal. Kevin uh, speaking of, did you see Steve Buscemi's Halloween costume? That was amazing. I did. <laughs> no, what was he? He, he dressed. He dressed up as his the meme. What up, my fellow kids? Like he dressed up as that with a skateboard over his and gave out candy <laughs> from his Brooklyn brownstone like that. That was amazing. But how uh, do you do, fellow kids? How do you do, oh, fellow that's kids? Fun. <laughs> yeah. Juno Temple plays Keeley Jones, an ambitious model who becomes affiliated with AFC Richmond due to being Jamie's girlfriend. She develops a very close friendship with Rebecca, who soon employs her as the club's manager of marketing and public relations. She eventually breaks up with Jamie and begins a relationship with Roy. I love her. I love her so much. You will from the first episode. (laughs) Yeah. She steals the show in some scenes, man. Like she She's so pretty too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her but, her um, friendship with Rebecca is so what's the word I'm looking for? Well, they're total opposites, right? Who wouldn't want to be invited to her sexy Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> well, Rebecca Rebecca is so begrudgingly accepting her as a friend as the episode. Yeah. Like Keely just doesn't take no for an answer and Rebecca has no yeah. clue how to handle it. And then they finally just like basically fall in love with each other as friends and it's it's good. Because when she lets go of that like boss persona and she really just lets herself be her, it's like, yeah, these two are like, as, as far as like character chemistry and real life chemistry, it's off the charts when they get together. I love it. And she's been in a few different films. She was in Killer Joe, Black Mass, The Other Berlin Girl, Year One, Wild Child, Atonement, Maleficent, The Three Musketeers, Afternoon Delight, The Dark Knight Rises, and Palmer. She's in The Dark Knight Rises? And drunk history, uh, yeah, she was uh, Catwoman's roommate in The Dark Knight Rises. The little oh my girl. god, she is. Yeah, she has a lot wilder hair in that movie. I didn't realize she's the one the that helps girl. steal the wallet and stuff, right? Yep. Oh huh. my god, I got to go back. I wish I would have seen that without you telling me. Oh, that's cool. Two more people worth mentioning for this episode: uh, Tahib Jimo plays Sam, a, nut, a young Nigerian. Right back, later converted to a right winger who is struggling to find his footing with the club while overcoming homesickness. This guy is so charming. I love this guy. He does not have a lot to his name besides Ted Lasso. This is the biggest thing he's done. He did a lot of stage work. Um, But I love his character. He's just so charming and funny. Uh, His line in this one about colonization is what he he thinks about (laughs) Christmas. She's like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then the other, the last person worth mentioning, who's not really in this episode a lot, but he's a main character, is Nick Muhammad as Nate, the team's former kit manager turned assistant coach who lacks confidence but is very knowledgeable about the sport. And that's all I'll say about him. That's all Ooh. I'll say about him. <laughs> Boo. Julia, can you take your earbuds out for a minute? Yeah, hold on. Give me. Freaking Nate is the is the one of the most evil, vile characters. Yeah, he is a piece ever. of sh- garbage. I don't know if I dislike him or Joff- King Joffrey more. 
Oh, King Joffrey's way worse. You know he's going to get a redemption arc, though, because Ted Lasso is all about the No, I actually think stuff. he's going to go coach the other team. <laughs> he did coach the other team. We saw that at the end, right? He's wearing we their did? uniform. I didn't Yeah, the that. last scene. The last scene is him. You can put your headphones back in, Julia. So this guy's been in The Martian. He's been in Absolutely Famous, the movie, Bridget Jones's Baby. He did the voice of Piglet in the live-action Christopher Robin movie. He was in The Nutcracker, The Four Realms, which we've covered. The Kid Who Would Be King, Roald and Beatrix, A Tale of the Curious Mouse. So he's been in a lot of children's stuff, which is awesome. But that is our main cast. Is there anyone else you guys can think of for this episode that we have not covered? That's just worth mentioning. Um, Not really. Um, I can't remember his name. The, the hotshot. Jamie gets- Trent. Yeah, he kind of has a funny scene at the beginning, but that's about it. Okay, so there are really three main plot lines in this episode. The episode opens with a funny cold open where the team is doing Secret Santa in the locker room while management is doing Secret Santa just off the locker room. And uh, opens up with one of the best Christmas songs ever, Christmas and Hollis, which I appreciated. And... (laughs) Actually, the whole soundtrack for this episode was like, I wish they would release a CD or like an album just for this episode because it had so many hits in this episode. I agree. There was no expense spared there. So it's funny because Colin has gotten a scarf and everybody else has gotten booze. Jamie's forgotten to buy a gift for Secret Santa. (laughs) So Ted and the rest of the coaches help him put together an emergency present. (laughs) <laughs> to which Jamie says, God bless me, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still think the line of this scene is when um, she says she's going to a party. I'm like, oh, where are you going? They're like, Elton John's. And he's like, what the hell? And then Ted Lasso's like, that sounds like double O heaven to me. <laughs> just, it sounds so good. <laughs> just, I don't know. His, his one-liners make me die. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. And uh, this scene is also where we get everyone's plans for Christmas. So... You know, Keely is planning sexy Christmas with Roy. Nate is going to see his family. Beard is still sort of seeing Jane. They're going to see Stonehenge together as friends. For a pagan festival. The definition of a complicated relationship. (laughs) Rebecca is going to Elton John's holiday party. And Higgins and his wife will be holding the annual Christmas dinner, to which they always invite any players who can't go spend Christmas at home with their family, but nobody ever shows up. And Ted just plans to spend the day FaceTiming with his son back in the States and opening presents together, which is cute. Ted is such a good guy. And then, really nice touch, we get the opening credits, which instead of the usual, they put Christmas spin on the theme song with more bells and jingling, and they have all the characters of stop-motion animation, which I loved. Very nice touch. Yeah, so the first... Our first plot really is Sexy Christmas. And Keeley's house is decorated so beautifully for Sexy Christmas. And it is. just like just like the music, every all the decor in this episode gives you the Christmas feels. And I love that they she has a leg lamp from a Christmas yep. story in the window, yeah. which leg of course electric sex in the window, glowing yep. in the window. <laughs> Foreshadowing for sexy Christmas. She's in her <laughs> You know, negligee with the see-through cover-up, and the doorbell rings, and she opens it, and who's there but Phoebe, who she's surprised to see. This is Rory's niece. Her mom is stuck working, and Uncle Rory is taking care of her. But Phoebe is in a bad mood, and nobody knows why. Julia, what do they discover about Phoebe? Well, so they had done a gift exchange at school, and a kid, I can't remember his, oh, Bernard, because- Because they don't say it Bernard, and it's wonderful the way they say Bernard. 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 That's it. <laughs> I love that. Um, gave her a cute little Christmas card, and on the inside, it's like, Merry Christmas, Phoebe. Here's something that you desperately need or something like that. And he gave her a toothbrush and toothpaste and said her breath is terrible. Do and something mouthwash, about it. yes. And, of course, they think this girl is being bullied. So, ju- so uh <laughs> Keely's like, let me smell. <laughs> and Phoebe blows in her face. 
and first of all, tremendous acting on the part of these two actors, like yes. their and silent the expressions. Girl. Yeah. And, and the little, little girl. girl. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Keely like <laughs> gags and Roy's like, she feels bad enough as it is. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> and, and, and Phoebe gets all self-conscious and Roy's like, come on. I, I I was in a men's locker room for the last twenty years of my life. I know I smelt worse than this. <laughs> Kaylee's in the background, like I don't know about that. <laughs> so Phoebe blows at his face, and he's like, "I think you may be dying." <laughs> but there is a bright side to this because Keely's like, "Okay, this is like medically bad, which means it's something that's not your fault." She's so sweet. Yeah, oh, she is. She is. And Roy comes up with the plan, like, we're going to go to my richy rich neighborhood and knock on doors until we find a dentist to take care of this. And if we don't find one within the first 10 houses, both of you get a thousand pounds each. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I love it. They go door to door. It's very love actually, right? Like the scene where Hugh Grant is looking for oh, yeah. the teacher, which that's not the end of the love actually homage, but right. no. So they see this little black kid who Roy and him bond over the fact that they both crap their parents. <laughs> crap their parents. Okay, it's that good. was a laugh out loud quote in this episode when he tells him the little story, right? And he talks about how I had too much ice cream and I pooped myself on a bus. And the girl goes, finish the story. And he goes, three days ago. <laughs> and I laughed and laughed so loud. So good. So eventually they do find a dentist. And she confirms that it is, you know, this is due to the antihistamine she's taking. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. But Phoebe is, of course, initially worried, like, Rory's going to make her get rid of her dog. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was very cute. Uh, Or her cat, rather. Um, But apparently the allergy, the histamine leads to bad breath because of dry mouth or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she gives her a prescription for medication, and that should be that, but... It's not, because they have one more stop to make. And where is that? Bernard's house. And what happens Bernard. at Bernard's house, guys? It's the cute car. signs. Oh, like Love, love Actually. Mm-hmm. Much less stalkery than Love Actually. Well, it's less. It's a lot less stalkery here. She's basically, her, her signs basically stay, uh, you know, I do have bad breath. My, my bad breath will get better, but the poor choices you make will stick with you. I expected more. <laughs> be better. It also it's, says if he doesn't make amends, he'll face the wrath of Rory and Keeley. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Rory does that growl, like, yeah. mm, <laughs> and Keeley goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Bernard seems genuinely apologetic at this point, yeah. and he apologizes. And I love it. Their little family walks off as Fairy Tale of New York is playing, and uh, mm-hmm. the lights. London, London looks so pretty around Christmas. It is so, so beautiful. I'm sorry, but. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous. It the nice. whole episode is just perfect. It's beautiful. And I did like that the <laughs> that the first cue card said, say it's Carolers. And then you hear Bernard's parent, Bernard's dad. Who is it? It's Carolers, dad. Tell him to f*** off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, why don't you talk about what happens at uh, Higgins' house, which is our second plot line. So we show up at Higgins' house, and he's not expecting any of the players to come. But our first one that comes that shows up is Sam, right? Sam shows up first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and he welcomes him. And Sam is somebody that we love from the beginning. I mean, Sam is just this very in like he's just an endearing character. Well, as they're sitting around, more and more and more players show up, and what we're seeing here is is Higgins had made this attempt to to for camaraderie to bring people together. Right. Um, and, and nobody ever took him up on it, but because of what Ted has built with this team, the entire team shows up and they're bringing, some of them are bringing alcohol. Some are bringing food, but it just ends up being this big, somebody beautiful... brings his French girlfriend. Oh, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> It ends up just being this beautiful, like mishmash misfit Christmas dinner at the Higgins house. And what I love about this is this could have very a lesser show would have done the whole nobody shows up for dinner and Higgins is just a lovable loser, right? Maybe one or two people show up, but they actually let him like be like the quote unquote hero here. Everyone came together and he's not a loser and everyone gathered around him. And I love that. 
one of my favorite parts of this scene is just um uh when the first person shows up and they're pretty they're pretty early right and um the wife doesn't even react like she's upset. She's excited. And she goes like right into handling business. I don't know. It was just like a little throwaway scene. But the fact that she wasn't upset that somebody came so early and she was just delighted was like, oh, she's charming. I like her. Well, yeah, I was going to say a lesser awesome. show would have put Higgins and his wife stressing out about how many people were coming and not taking it with yeah. such grace and stride. So they're winning on yeah. all fronts with this one. It was reminiscent of like. Some Christmas memories, I think a lot of us people who love Christmas, we're guilty of trying to manufacture them and make them perfect. But like this kind of Christmas, um, what's the word? Spontaneity and just things that happen organically are just special. And I find those are like some of the best memories. And it just translated to making it a great episode for to watch, yeah. like uh, if, if that makes sense. Like to me, it does. Like sometimes the best things, the best things on Christmas are the things you don't plan for. And there are some really great scenes here. Like Sam talked to the kid about Santa not really traveling the world in one night because there are different time zones. And he says Santa's true power is not speed, but endurance. And I thought that was yeah. very cute. That's such and, a sports uh, thing ner- to say. I love it. <laughs> the Nerf war was hilarious. So they're playing with the kids. <laughs> and like those two, Sam and was it Sam and one of the other ones, they, they're taking it so seriously. They're doing the whole war movie. We're not going to make it. Tell my wife I love her. <laughs> and, and they're like, like, I'm not going to do that because you're going to tell her yourself. Then you're going to hook me up with her identical, beautiful twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> because he says, tell my beautiful wife I love her or something. My <laughs> outstandingly beautiful wife. And that, uh, of course, you got the French girlfriend there, like, sexily sucking on, like, a stick of cinnamon or something. The one little kid, like, just watching open mouth from the couch. It's <laughs> just hilarious. But... There's a beautiful toast at the end. Higgins makes it. And you ha- and I love this because every family has done this once before, right? When you put the tables together, there's always a table that's lower. And usually the kids are stuck at it, but usually one or two adults. And I, and I love that they showed us that. But Higgins makes this beautiful coach about, you know, to the Higgins family, to Christmas, and of course to Richmond. And it's beautiful. It is. Did anybody else like the kid table? I always used to love it, man. Uh, yeah like i did i I sat with the kids into my 20s even when like my grandmother and mom were like just come to the table i'm like no i'm okay i don't like big crowds (laughs) so like i like to be near the kids and they're easy to make laugh and um yeah i love the kids table i'd still sit there if i could but everybody's growing up now so over at ted's meanwhile our last plot line here which is eventually going to tie all the other plot lines together is ted is home christmas morning alone talking to his son via Skype, opening gifts with him. And his son sent him a little miniature magnetic dartboard that's really cheap, but Ted Lasso in his typical Ted Lasso way is like, oh man, I love it. Is this really tiny or did I become a giant? And like, you know, it's just his good natured, you know. I don't like it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, open the big one. Dad, is this a drone? Am I the most irresponsible parent on the earth to get you something that expensive? <laughs> and it's just, he is just such an endearing character. Like, he has a heart of gold. And you can, Jason Sudeikis plays just so well. You can tell he's aching to be with his son. Yeah, I was going to say that. There, the way that he played this is so beautiful because there's this underlining sadness to what he's presenting to the camera. And it's just, I was watching it, and that's when. Well, that's why when Julia said before, was he going through a divorce at this time? And he probably was, or at least really close to it. I don't know if he played off those emotions, but man, he he played this great. It was it was a small scene, but even when he goes to the window, you could just tell he's absolutely gutted. Just he hates it, and especially when his wife comes on the screen, he's playing it. He wants to say more, but he can't because he doesn't want to overwhelm her. You know what I mean? That's what I got from it. Yep. And of course, his his son, he's that age, he opened the big gift, and he's more excited to play with it than talk to mom and dad. So he runs off to open it. And Ted's ex comes to the camera like, sorry, he's like, he he wants to play with the toy. And then you hear her shouting off screen, no, not in the house, you're gonna ruin the baseboards. And she has to go and Ted's like, yeah, no problem. He shuts the computer and he's very sad. Very sad, Ted. I don't like sad Ted. Sad Ted makes me sad. It's like sad Mickey. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. (laughs) And then I like this very clever of the show because the next time you see Ted, he's watching It's a Wonderful Life on TV and it's a scene where George Bailey 
is rescued for from despair by his guardian angel, right? By Clarence. And that's when Ted hears a noise outside and it's Rebecca out there who is in high Ted in the ground with tinsel and lights and garland and everything. And she's down there and she suspects Ted's Christmas might have gone bad. So she's come to take him on an adventure. She tells him, wear the hat because he has a Santa hat on his head. And I love this. So Ted doesn't know where they're going, but he's like, yes, ma'am, I'll be right down. Like he's just, he just wants to get out of his depression, right? So he's excited that she's come to rescue him on Christmas. And they start walking down the street and we see buskers singing and playing instruments in this tree. And Ted says he loves the English buskers. They're so talented. But what it turns out Rebecca likes to do every Christmas is essentially play Santa to a bunch of uh, underprivileged kids. So I guess she has like a hookup at the post office, gets letters and makes their Christmas wishes come true. And of course, who better to be her sidekick than Ted Lasso, right? Who brings joy to everyone. So he fits right in because this guy's like born to be Santa or an elf or something. And uh, they go house to house delivering, <laughs> apologizing to kids that, uh, you know, their gifts are late, but they're Santa's elves. And Ted makes up stories like, oh, Rudolph's nose is chilling so bright, he blinded me, and uh, we could, we've got to put the gifts in the sleigh and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> just so He's endearing. just having the time of his life. He is. He is enjoying it so much, and the kids are enjoying it. I love the shots. It keeps interspersing with uh, Roy's, Roy and Keeley's plot, right? Because they'll open a door, then Ted and Rebecca will open a door, and it just keeps going back and forth. And I love some of these kids, like <laughs> like the black, kid, the black kid who opens the door. Mom, there are two white people standing here smiling! <laughs> well, when they finish their day, Rebecca decides she's going to ditch Elton John's party. <laughs> she has this amazing line <laughs> where she's like, oh, don't get me wrong. They're incredible. But all I really want to, all I really want to see those two do together is... <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ted Lasso You're not reacts wrong. innocently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not wrong. <laughs> But what do they do? They get some of the buskers they saw earlier and show up at the Higgins party. And they essentially become carolers saying, Christmas, baby, please come home. And the Higgins and the team opens the door. And they all come out into the street and start karaokeing in the snow. The lights lighting up the street. Everyone's having a grand time. And then one of Higgins', Higgins youngest sees Santa in the sleigh fly through the night sky as the scene kind of freezes and becomes like an oil painting and it's like a perfect end to a perfect episode it's beautiful it It is beautiful the music playing and that that the caroling was just magical and and the the scene everything looks like christmas their outfits they're everybody's bundled up and warm i don't it just i want to be there y'all yeah yeah it definitely it definitely has that feeling to it where you're watching it and you know it's special. You just feel something inside, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And uh, this whole episode, this is, I would easily put this like as one of the best Christmas episodes of a television show I've ever seen. Like if a director, like if, you know, I was a Hollywood executive and a director wanted to do a Christmas episode, I'd say, well, here is like a gold standard for you to watch. Like this has the look, the feel, the sentimentality. Which is crazy because when I was going to rewatch this episode today, I didn't remember what episode it was in season two. So when I searched for it, one of the top headlines for some article was Ted Lasso uh, Christmas episode number uh, season two episode episode four was unspeakably bad. And I was like, what? So I had to look up who this was. His name's Shane Ryan. And he hasn't had an article since uh, August 13th. And it was this article. I hope he was fired. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) harsh but it's deserving i mean how can you say how can you say that about this episode this episode is nothing if not quintessential ted lasso i think if there were an episode to show that i wanted to show people who ted lasso what ted lasso is this is one of the first ones i would pick Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's Julia. This is your first episode you've seen. And cr- the Christmas aspect aside, did it make you want to learn more about these characters and see more of them? Oh, absolutely. It totally did. And this is, for me, this is the single best Christmas episode of any TV series that's ever aired that I've seen. 
I haven't seen That's all what of them. I thought. But yeah, it is like, like it is the single best. It it toes the line of being schmaltzy without actually being schmaltzy. And it toes the line with being sentimental without being overly sentimental. And it's funny. You phrased it perfectly. I was gonna say it's sentimental without being too saccharine, right? Yeah. It's, it just came off I very so real. Good. Like yeah, no, that was perfectly put, Julia. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about the music a bit, but like just for our listeners, like this is such a great soundtrack. It was Christmas and Hollis, Mili Kalikimaka, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Little St. Nick, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Last Christmas, Santa Baby, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Carol of the Bells, a John Williams version, which I recognized right away. Mm-hmm. Fairy Tale of New York, Up on the Housetop, and Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. Like, it's such a good soundtrack. And so amazing they fit all of that into, like, I think Silent Night was in there somewhere, too. Well, yeah, the Silent Night was, um, yeah, with the... It was really a who's who of Christmas classics as far as music is concerned. It was was really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, I don't even think it's a question, but I'm going to pose it anyway. Does this episode have a Linus moment? Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. It has multiple. Yeah, it really does. But what is the big one? The, obviously, the moment at the end, right? <laughs> I think part of it is when Ted Lasso realizes, you know, I mean, it's a hard thing to spend Christmas without your family, but he suddenly realizes he's made a new family and these people are part of his world now, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I knew going in, there was no way Julia would hate this episode because she's all about that extended found family. And this episode uh, mm-hmm. encapsulates that so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Christmas is all about. And that's what I love about our podcast, right? Like the whole network. We've all become yeah. one big Christmas loving family. And here I was convinced it was the last singing scene. What a douche. <laughs> <laughs> so the last scene locks it in. To be honest, I've never watched the Charlie Brown uh, whole Christmas episode, so I don't really have the Linus. I always think the Linus moment is the happiest moment, I guess. I don't know. No, it's the moment. It's the moment where Linus could come out and read the Lucan gospel narrative of Christmas and say, that's what Christmas is all about. And this episode is like perfect for that, right? Linus would 100% pop up at the end and say, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. That's what Christmas is all about, Ted Lasso. (laughs) <laughs> i think this year i gotta watch the whole thing the whole ch- it's Brown like 20 Christmas. minutes man there's not much to watch i never i never i don't know man it just always bugged me that show well <laughs> well that's something too right that this speaking of charlie brown like there is that air of melancholy for a bit too that ted lasso feels which we talk about all the time charlie brown did so well and that so many people do feel around christmas a slight yeah. sense of depression and loneliness and melancholiness and this episode even had that and but it's it does it so, so well yeah it's just so well written i'm really glad that we're reaching a point as a society where those feelings can be normalized because sometimes you can feel sad when christmas comes around and not even know why whether it be you can't afford a gift you don't have family to be around or you just don't like the family you're around or i don't or know you miss i think family. we're reaching a I point mean... where this can all be normalized and it's a good thing where you know if you feel sad reach out to somebody because i think now more than ever people are open-minded enough to just really acknowledge it and kind of try to help people. So it's good. Yeah. And it's, I agree with you. It's great that we're talking about, you know, mental health, even in the context of the holidays, because I think so for so long, so many people who do have problems, you missed your loved ones. You, like you said, there are so many contributing factors that can lead to uh, seasonal depression and the holidays Um, that it's nice to see it normalized and something that we can talk about. So people no longer feel alone. Right. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I guess you can argue that um, it's a wonderful life kind of paved the way for that because I don't know how many movies were doing that kind of stuff at the time. So I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, but may, I don't know. Maybe it was a trailblazer for its time. I don't know, or maybe I'm just thinking about it about it out of context. I don't know. No, I but, can see that. Yeah, I'm just glad that we finally reached a spot where that's not so you know, taboo because you never it, you never used to hear about it. And now, like even in the NFL, there was an, another wide receiver this week that said. I need to deal with my mental health and he's one of the best players in the league. And, you know, for somebody to do that, it's a big deal. And I know I'm veering off a bit, but you know, I'm a big advocate for mental health. So as am I, Simone Biles was a game changer for, for what mental health, what mental health and personal wellness looks like. And how much she took, uh, how much crap she took over that was disgusting, but 
there was a lot of people that stood up for her too and big time people. So yeah, that was a big shift and she should be acknowledged for that because there has been a lot of people since that have acknowledged their mental health, especially in sport and taken time away. So, you know, it's a good thing. So now comes Julia's least favorite part of every episode, but I don't think it's going to be so hard for her to do it this week on a scale of one to 10. What are you going to rank this episode? Y'all 10, 10, 10, 10. So that gives <laughs> it a perfect 10. And that was so easy, but that puts that like number one on, I was tied with the Muppets single all the way and Christmas at the Adams family on our miscellaneous TV episode list. So well-deserved good company. So I, I'm going to ask you guys, and since it's tied, would you choose this to be better than them? Like if you had a choice out of those three? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> what about you, Tom? I would. Can I just say this was like the perfect way to kick off November as well? Well, oh, yeah. so much. So after that last week's episode that I had to edit, I thought about giving up on the podcast after last week. Yo, I'm not going to lie. It's so good to be back to, to good Christmas, though, after going a whole month of spooky and then that abomination. Uh, I'm just looking forward to the next couple of next. I, I have to say a couple of weeks because that's all we really have left until Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. We are at this point of the year. Speaking of, speaking of which, we have a question of the week posed by Matt Murek of TGI Podcast, our good friend Hi, Matt. Matt Murek. What's up, Matt? He asked, with November starting up and Thanksgiving just a few weeks away, that means we're that much closer to Christmas. I want to know if you have a Thanksgiving night TV or movie tradition. For me, it has evolved into watching It's a Wonderful Life every Thanksgiving evening. It is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I feel like it's a perfect start to the official holiday season. Now, I feel like we've answered something like this before, but it's good to remind listeners and give our recommendations again. So what is your Thanksgiving evening watch? Which I know, CJ, your Thanksgiving was a month ago. Yeah, pretty much. But I still celebrate uh, American Thanksgiving. I'll take the I'll take the day off and I will cook a turkey or brisket, just something to watch football with. And um, there's not really a tradition. I just watch football on that day. Um, in Canada, normally our Thanksgiving is a second weekend in October. Not really a tradition, man. I'll just kind of eat an abnormal amount of food, which is not really that abnormal for me, but, um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Like no, no movies or anything, maybe a Halloween flick, but I, I look at American Thanksgiving as a bigger deal. So I'll watch football, smoke up some kind of meat and, um, just hang out and enjoy life. What about you, Julia? Uh, let's see. So Thanksgiving, we always start with the parade, um, but we end with a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving at some point towards the latter half of the day. And we watch football in between. Elf. Elf comes on Christmas or on Thanksgiving night every year. So for me, I, like you, Julia, start with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Usually end with Wizard of Oz is shown every Thanksgiving on TBS for some reason. We've talked about that before, so I'll usually watch that. It's a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I'll either watch that night or the night before. And sometime that week, all the Friends Thanksgiving episodes. So. That's a good one. Yeah. But I would like to know what other people watch. Where can they let us do that? Know that. Well, Matt Urich originally posted it on our Facebook group, which does get a ton of traffic and we'll get more and more traffic the closer we get to Christmas. Um, and you can find that one by going to tisthepodcast.com backslash Facebook group. But if you don't love Facebook or meta, how did we not talk about that? Oh, it's still <laughs> Facebook. Their parent company is meta, just like Google ah. is Alphabet. Well, good, because Welcome there's only so many names meta. I can keep track of and I would have called it Facebook anyway. Um, if you are not a Facebook person, we're on other social medias too. So you can go to tisthepodcast.com backslash Twitter, Reddit, um, obviously the Facebooks, um, but we're on Instagram as well. Um, so however you like to consume your social media, check us out. We're probably there. But I will tell you, most of the action is in the Facebook group. Um, lots of other podcasters there, lots of other podcast listeners and appreciators there, and lots of other Christmas lovers, obviously, because like why else would you be in our Facebook group? So check us out and come stoke the conversation throughout this awesome Christmas season. Join our Patreon too, if you're so inclined. If you have an extra buck a month, throw it our way. We'll give you some good content. We've got some, we sent out some pens this year for our listeners. We've got Christmas cards coming and uh, who knows what else we'll come up with next year. 
And just lots of good content in general. CJ's been on a bunch of episodes, Kendall Foray, Jerry D, of course. You know, you'll hear lots of friends on Patreon. You won't hear Tom and Julia, but you'll hear lots of friends. <laughs> and if you want even more con- bonus content for the rest of 2021, every Thursday, you can hear another chapter of the Christmas book I wrote, another Christmas story. Each week, myself, Julia, Tom, another listener, another Christmas podcast host, CJ's done it, read to you a chapter of the Christmas book I wrote, Counting Down to Christmas. Uh, We're winding down because we're that much closer to Christmas. It ends December 23rd, the day before the night before Christmas. Or Festivus or Tibbs Eve or Adam uh, or Christmas Christmas Adam, Adam. whatever you want to call it. Yes. Christmas Eve Eve, whatever you want to call it. That's when the last... Episode of that will drop, which will be brought to you by Julia, because she's going to take us out with her wonderful, amazing voice. <laughs> My favorite reader so far. I've only really listened to like six of them. I'm going to binge it, but I think she did one <laughs> of the first ones. we're all waiting to great. binge, right? Mm-hmm. Most of y'all are. So I'm excited to get all that feedback mm-hmm. next year. I'm very confused about how we get from the first chapter I read to the last one that I read. <laughs> <laughs> We'll wait till you read your final chapter. (laughs) Um, The next few weeks I'm very excited for. So next week we are covering the brand new Hallmark original movie, which debuts, well, which would have debuted this past Saturday by the time you're listening to this. Next Stop Christmas, starring Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson. And the week after that, I am not so excited for. But we are covering Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, jeez. But yes, Christmas is coming in exactly 1,152 hours. Good night. That's only 48 days. Six weeks, y'all. And that's 4,586,638 seconds as you hear my dog bark in the background. (laughs) (laughs) That's under two months, which is crazy. crazy. So do your homework. Watch Next Stop Christmas. Watch Home Sweet Home Alone. With the warning that uh, we will not be held responsible for any strong feelings you may have about that. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Oh, CJ, thank you again. Oh, 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 oh.